Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Redefine Readiness podcast series discussing the award-winning Enterprise Health Security Center launched successfully within many organizations. In this series of conversations, International SOS invites medical and travel security experts to discuss evolving challenges in health security threats and how best organizations use these resources, technology, and partnerships to stay prepared for your business and your people. Today, I'm sitting with Hugh Longmore, the Regional Security Manager at International SOS, to discuss the security aspects of natural disasters that managers may not consider. So Hugh, perhaps we could start with your experience with recent crises. Can you describe the situation and problems during recent hurricanes in the Caribbean and the earthquake in Indonesia? Yeah, absolutely. For the um, the, the Caribbean uh, hurricane scenario, um, we found that we had a, a number of clients that had operations there, and what we were helping them to do was trying to make them, uh, trying to help them make decisions that were going to uh, affect their own responses um, to internal problems, and, and, and make sure that they could provide the resources that they needed to, um, to to help people on the ground and get business operations back up and running. One of the key challenges that I see that security managers face is that the nature of, of our work is that we're often uh, under-resourced, you know, operating on the, the, the bare minimum of, of resources and especially around personnel um, and having to respond to situations in, in very quick, uh, in very short order and, and to do so very quickly. And what this means is that anything that we as a provider at International SOS can give to our clients that helps them in those initial few hours really cut down on that response time and make, make processes more, more efficient is really gonna help our, our client security managers pass that value back into their own, their own organizations and really help operations get back up and, uh, and running again. Um, what I saw from um, security managers who had done very well in their, their responses to uh, uh, to, to the hurricanes, especially in the Caribbean, was that people that who had very well developed um, internal plans had a very different approach to, to, to the response. It was much more um, less about, you know, how do we stop operations and more how do we support our local employees in particular in such a way that we can get operations back up and running. So it was more about, you know, having that, that view to a recovery at a, a very, very early stage. And that was, a, 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 I think, a, a big sort of indicating factor um, uh, uh, with, with those client organizations. Yep, so going off that sentiment about those who were successful, what would you say are the three most important aspects in responding and containing the crisis, as well as what would you say is the most overlooked aspects during a crisis? I think the first step is always going to be having an awareness of where your risk lies uh, in where are your assets at, at, at any one time, whether that's a, a mobile piece of equipment, a building, or even a, an individual, and what sort of risks are, are they exposed to. So having that awareness of, of where people are and what, uh, or where people and buildings are and what could happen to them uh, is going to be the first step. And I, I've just been speaking to a, a client recently um, he's a, uh, recently taken over as, as quite a senior security director with, a, uh, with one of our client organizations. 
and they had exposure to the earthquake that happened in Alaska a little while ago. Um, their organization was aware that they had a very small facility in this part of Alaska which had this risk to, to earthquake exposure. So while it wasn't a major impact to their operations and that the, the facility was able to, to keep functioning, it did bring awareness to that organization that they didn't have um, the, the, the full spectrum of, uh, of risks evaluated in, in that particular location. Um, the next step is having an organizational plan. So how are you going to be able to respond to incidents at a senior level? At what stage do you need to kick in that, that senior, a senior level crisis management? And then the step down from that is how, uh, how do you enable local managers to be able to access best practice and to start dealing with the incidents at the tactical level? And so where is that, that handover between the tactical and the strategic? Um, and, uh, and that's an area where we can help clients come in and manage that, that, that interaction. You need to be able to give the tactical manager the, the freedom of movement and the resources that they need to, to deal with a, a situation in the way that they can see is going to be the, the most effective response. Yep, I see in a lot of our experts, um, you know, their advice of having the action checklist that can be deployed as well as, you know, having everything available in one tool where they can monitor and act if the situation further escalates. Um, so Absolutely. on that, what would you say is a misconception that most managers have today regarding response to a crisis or to these incidents? I think a big one is the misconception that a single generic plan is going to cover all kinds of threats. Um, we see that you know threats and especially coming from natural disasters are, are increasing and involving in complexity. So if we look at some of the incidents that have taken place during 20, uh, 2018, things like the, the wildfires in California, which has been on a, on a scale that hasn't really been seen before, um, the zero-day droughts that occurred in in um, Cape Town uh, last year, you know, which where we had a, a developed city which came very close to, to, to running out of water. These are risks that we haven't really experienced before. Um, scientists are now looking at the possibility of a, a, a category six hurricane. You know, what would that look like in terms of organizations' abilities to respond and, and even response organizations? You know, how would EMTs, fire services, or police respond to a category six? Um, so the way that you manage a natural disaster or a security issue or a problem arising from Ebola, for example, is going to be really very different. Um, you know, earthquakes will impact operations in a completely different way to a, to a hurricane. So how local man management need to deal with things like those issues um, is, all, is all based on what the tactical response plan is going to be. Yep, and that's a really great point to differentiate the type of threats and crisis that there are. So lastly, uh, one last question. What would be your main takeaway advice to managers when they face these challenges of the increasingly complex risk landscape? I think the first point is to understand who is responsible for, for, for managing a particular risk. Anyone who's working in security, business continuity, resilience, that kind of field, is going to be the subject matter expert, but who actually owns the risk and are they able to, to take on that responsibility and provide the resources that are, that are required to, to manage the risk 
and also manage any kind of incidents. Do definitely have a look at the tools and technology that, that is available to you, because what that's going to do is give you um, critical, crucial moments, uh, especially at the beginning of, a, of, of an incident management, where we can really cut down the, the amount of time that's spent on some very basic tasks and give you that, that uh, opportunity to, to look up a little bit, make a full appreciation of what the situation is, and really deal with the incident. So anything that can cut down on the task load, can, can uh, cut down on the amount of time taken, is really going to be useful. Agreed. Well, thank you, Hugh, for this great insight today. And for everyone listening to follow this conversation, as well as others, please visit our website and register for the upcoming expert panel discussion, where we're going to hear more from Hugh and our other industry experts on these topics. Thank you to everyone for listening to the Redefine Readiness series, enabling your business with the Enterprise Health Security Center. Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Redefine Readiness podcast series, discussing the award-winning Enterprise Health Security Center launched successfully within many organizations. In this series of conversations, International SOS invites medical and travel security experts to discuss evolving challenges in health security threats and how best organizations use these resources, technology, and partnerships to stay prepared for your business and your people. Today I'm sitting with Hugh Longmore, the Regional Security Manager at International SOS, to discuss the security aspects of natural disasters that managers may not always consider. So Hugh, perhaps we could start with your experience with the recent crises. Can you describe the situation and problems during the recent hurricanes in the Caribbean and the earthquake in Indonesia? Yeah, so the, what I saw with clients' response to the hurricanes in, in the, the Caribbean in particular was, was really quite varied. So some organizations were very reactive, um, had people, uh, in particular people, travelers uh, and expats who were, who were stuck in the situation. Other organizations had a much more proactive approach and they had managed to evacuate people who, uh, who didn't need to be on the island and then had taken the stance that they were making the preparations to, to, to respond, help out their permanent staff that were, were affected by the, uh, the, the hurricanes in such a way that those staff were then able to get back to work and start up operations again. So almost as soon as the, uh, recover, the hurricane had hit, they were looking to get into that recovery phase, start work again, get the business up and running and, and generating money, which will you know, look look forward to the, the long-term economic recovery of the, the whole community. And that's this kind of position that we want our clients to be in and where we want to help them get to. And with the uh, earthquake in, um, uh, in Indonesia, that's actually, can we change this one? Sorry, Nicole, can we, um, okay. can we drop? Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Redefine Readiness podcast series discussing the award-winning Enterprise Health Security Center launched successfully within many organizations. In this series of conversations, International SOS invites medical and travel security experts to discuss the evolving challenges in health security threats and how best organizations use these resources, technology, and partnerships 
to stay prepared for your business and your people. Today I'm sitting with Hugh Longmore, the Regional Security Manager at International SOS, to discuss the security aspects of natural disasters that managers may not consider. So Hugh, perhaps we could start with your experience with recent crises. So can you describe the situation and problems during recent natural disasters? Sure, so a couple that I want to take a look at are the hurricanes that occurred in the, the Caribbean last year, um, and then also the, uh, on a smaller scale, the earthquake that happened up in, uh, in, in Alaska a little while ago. So in the, during the hurricanes, what we saw was that there was a real disparity, even uh, among organizations that, that, that had the same level of risk exposure, there was a real disparity in how those organizations responded to the, the, the hurricanes. And we saw that there were some that had a, a very reactive approach um, that weren't able to evacuate travelers and, and expats in time. And so we're having to invest time and resources into, into supporting those individuals versus other organizations that had, had had a much more proactive approach and had carried out evacuations. And we're actually looking to us not to get people out of the area, but rather to help get vital resources uh, into the location, which they were then using to support their local staff. And what that meant is that those local staff were then in a position where they could get back to work more early, uh, much earlier, and they were more prepared to, to, uh, to, to deal with the, the, the situation, get the business back up and running. And crucially, that had an effect on how that business operated within the economy of the, the, the local community. So really looking at getting onto the front foot and helping the community get back onto its feet again, which was, um, which was a great position to be in. I mentioned the Alaska earthquake um, very, uh, very briefly earlier. And the, there's one particular anecdote that I had from a, a client on this, and it really demonstrates the, the problem of awareness uh, that security and resilience teams had. So I was speaking to a security director who mentioned that they, um, uh, when the, the relatively small scale earthquake happened in Alaska, him on this, he on the security team didn't have the awareness that they had a facility up there. Um, they managed to find out very quickly and so he did a call, uh, quick call to, to check in with the, the manager. Um, luckily the, the building and facility hadn't been too badly affected. But what it did make the security manager realize is that his organization had no process for ac accurately identifying every single one of their, their staff and every single one of their assets, even within the United States. And correspondingly, they weren't aware that there was the potential for, for an earthquake risk in this particular area. Now, fortunately, this story had a, a pretty happy ending. It means that they've now plotted that particular facility and they're doing a much wider review of their, their locations and associated risks. But it really boils down to this, this initial problem of understanding where your people and your property are and then what kind of problems might they be facing. Yep, so further to that, what do you think are the three most important aspects in responding and containing the crisis, as well as what is the most overlooked aspect? So I think the first step is having an immediate assessment of the situation. So you're aware that a location has been affected. You've got an idea that of the potential impact from a hurricane or, or from an earthquake. How do you make the assessment of 
what's the impact is on your on your own business and operations, especially if this is happening in a in a different country, um, where you might be operating outside your your own working hours or even the the working hours of the the country where this incident has happened. What sort of support do you need to be activating at a, a strategic level to help that local management team deal with the situation? And what we want to be doing here really is enabling that local management team as much as possible. Give them simple guidance, give them things like the, the checklists, action plans, which will help them roll out uh, a, a, a local response plan in very short order. Um, what you don't want to be doing is overburdening uh, a, a local management team with you know, um, requests for, for information from a, from a senior level. You need to let them crack on and, and, and deal with the immediate situation as much as possible. And for the managers out there, what is the misconception that managers have today regarding response to a crisis or an incident? I think people working in security or, or, or crisis management or, or resilience will understand this. But one of the things that we sometimes need to sell into you know, colleagues within, within our own organizations um, is that a generic crisis management plan is not going to cover every single threat that's out there. Uh, and we need to make sure that we have options and flexibility within our planning to be able to deal with lots of different incidents. So we need to be able to make that, that local assessment of, right, what could go wrong at this particular location? And do we have a plan that's going to affect, uh, that's going to be effective against the, the, the most, likely, most likely risks? So some parts of the world, there may be a very high um, likelihood of, of earthquake risk or, or from hurricanes. And those crisis management plans aren't going to be applicable in a part of the world where um, you know, the, the risk is from, uh, uh, from wildfires or from um, you know, the, the lack of availability of personnel due to uh, a drought. Now, I mentioned fires and drought because those are two incidents that we saw in 2018 which are relatively new. We certainly haven't seen things like the, um, the, the zero-day drought risk that, that was experienced in Cape Town, where that was happening in a, 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 a well-functioning, um, developed city. Um, we haven't really seen that sort of problem anywhere else in the world. And as the situation changes around the world, you know, as we see increase in temperatures and, and problems with resources, this kind of risk is something that managers are going to need to start to look out for. Great. So lastly, what would be your takeaway advice to managers when facing challenges of the increasingly complex risk landscape today? I think so. The, the first step is making that assessment and understanding where your locations are, what are the risks that go with them. Next thing is preparing for those risks. So that can be done through the establishment of plans, but then also making sure that the people that are involved in managing those plans uh, have an opportunity to, to exercise with them. And then the final thing is, how do you really cut down on the, the task load? So what are all the individual mini tasks that are involved in, in a plan um, or the, the, the response time? How can you use technology to cut down that task load and, and the response time to make sure that, that your response to an incident is as time efficient as possible? Yep, definitely having the ability to monitor and respond to all of these threats, having a checklist and can action everything in one tool. Um, so thank you, Hugh, for all of this great insight. 
And for everyone listening to follow this conversation and others, please visit our website for more podcasts, as well as to register for our upcoming expert panel discussion, where we're going to hear more from Hugh and our other industry experts on these topics. Thank you, everyone, for listening in to Redefine Readiness, Enabling Your Business with the Enterprise Health Security Center.